0: Um okay so if uh who's here for the Super Bowl party All right cool 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 So if you weren't here you don't know what's about to happen and if you were here for the Super Bowl party you might be remembering that there's something that we're going to discuss Oh you forgot So shh, shh. So Sunday night there's this uh, little game that a few people watch called the Super Bowl and um congratulations to the Chiefs it's was a fantastic game. But um, as, as good as the game was, the halftime show is always really like popular as well. And so every year, the halftime show is this like, hotly debated topic, um, really, with, with everyone. And I would say this year it wasn't as like, hotly debated. There wasn't really necessarily too much like off the beaten path of what there normally is. Um, but um, it struck me... A couple of things happened leading up to the Super Bowl, and then right while we are watching the Super Bowl, uh, like the halftime show. Um, there's a kind of a wave of uh, youth pastors and churches that are like, we are not going to watch the halftime show because we know that there's going to be some stuff that's inappropriate in there. And I've always just kind of been like, well, I think we should watch the halftime show and we should talk about it um, because we watch the game, we watch the commercials. Y'all go home and you watch all these. So I don't know why... We like this one little thing that we don't watch, but I am a big fan of talking about what's going on in culture, and I am perfectly comfortable with talking like in the moment about um, these kinds of things. And so I just told the band in the back, I said, I have absolutely no idea what's about to happen, but I do want to, I just kind of had some thoughts. So mm, this um, this, uh, this year, Rihanna performed, um, and some people were excited. Some people were just like, okay, so... It's, it's just another person, and we'll get on with the game or whatever. Um, it was interesting to me that during our Super Bowl party, I would say 75% of our students were just like outside, hanging out. They're getting food, they're talking, but they're not necessarily watching the game. But then the halftime show came on, and everyone was inside, glued to the screens, and what was going on. And so there was... Um, a couple moments where I was, I was even like watching the, I think I have an image of Rihanna somewhere. Um, The, the, I I was so like, I was like, okay, so, um, you know, the outfit is the outfit. And I think there's a lot of people in the crowd like, is she pregnant? And which has now been confirmed that she's pregnant. um, And like suspended, like, I don't know how high in the air, but high enough, you know, that I'm worried. Um, But there was a couple moments during the halftime show where someone was like, oh, that's not appropriate for church, which happens every single year. Um, and, uh, and I don't know. Here's, what, here's my immediate reaction to that was I, I turned around and I kind of like called to the students and I was like, do you say that at home <laughs> when that stuff happens? You're like, oh, mom, that's not appropriate for church. And he's like, no, you don't. Right? You say it here. It's like the quintessential kid that gets in trouble for cussing. And he's like, I'm sorry. I know I'm not supposed to cuss in church. It's like, well, here's the deal. We kind of don't want you to ever cuss, right? We don't ever want you to fight. It's not like as soon as you walk out those doors, you let the, the nastiest cuss word fly because you're outside the doors of the church. Like that's somehow better, right? So, so my, my thoughts were like, okay, so let's, let's talk about it. So a couple of people were like, ooh, you're going to show the halftime show? And I was like, yeah, thanks. So I was curious... If you guys had any thoughts, I'll go first, because there's actually two. Uh, well, two more uh, like cultural events that are happening here in the last uh, couple weeks that I wanted to talk about as well before we get into our time. But here's what I thought was interesting. I wasn't super shocked by anything that happened, and you're like, okay, so why are we talking about it? Well, because here's what I think is interesting. Because there wasn't necessarily anything like overtly like sinful or whatever. Now, there were a couple moments, okay? There was, there was, there was a couple moments, and I hesitate to even describe or say the words of what I'm thinking, but there was some grabbing, right? And there was some movements um, paired with songs that are about um, things that are sexual in nature, and I was like, well, I think we all know what's happening right there, which is when the student made, that's not appropriate for church, Um, and so, and some of you are like, what, so what happened? What happened? Um, and y'all can wait, right? You can wait for another time, but can I just, I'm just super curious whether you were here or whether you were not here, just thoughts on the Super Bowl halftime show or like, what did you think? What did you think about the songs? What did you think? What do you think about an artist like Rihanna? Yep. It's kind of dumb. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's like, well, she's done flying, so... Okay, yeah? She has an interesting lifestyle. Interesting lifestyle, like what? Yeah, um, I, just, I, I don't think her, the way she lived kind of reflects, um, reflects something good. Okay, okay. Um, oh, go ahead, sorry. I don't know, I'm done. You're done, okay. The outfits were whack. <laughs> I found it interesting. At first, I thought there was like a mix of guys and girls, and I was like, "Man, I have no idea what the girls are going to do." When there was like, but it was all dudes. Uh, The backup dancers were all dudes, so were there a couple girls? So the guys had the like mesh crop tops on too. So okay. So thoughts? Who watched it with like their parents? Okay. Was it awkward? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <it's never> <laughs> what? It was what? It's kind, of it's kind of boring. The show was boring, or the fact that you were watching it with your parents was boring? No. No. The show. OK. So is that a hand raised back there? McKinley? Were you going to say something or are you' just saying like, it was okay. Someone yeah. OK. She rushed through it. That's interesting because I was like, oh, she's probably done. And I came and got the microphone. I stood here for like 37 minutes waiting for it to finish. <laughs> this is what I felt like. I like well known Hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, let's go ahead. Oh, like she's Illuminati? There's Illuminati memes every single, yeah. What? Last year's way better. Okay, let me, let me move into some new territory here. What do you know about the content of the songs that she sang? Does anybody know the content? Does any, are you guys people that like listen and pay attention to lyrics when you, or is it just like, oh, I'm just listening to it for the beat? Okay, raise your hand for lyrics, like I'm paying attention to lyrics. Raise your hand for like no lyrics, just the beat. Okay. Okay, lyric people, talk to me about some of the themes of, of her songs. <laughs> I don't know all the lyrics of her songs. I know the lyrics to some of her songs. And I looked them up on our church Wi-Fi. So we'll see if I get a call tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. Huh? A picture? If you're talking about the Illuminati, then I think we're... I guess... I, I, this is this is a weird time to show me a picture. What's happening? Is this appropriate? This is exactly what I meant when I said I have no idea what's about to happen. I couldn't have. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Super Smash. Got it. Got it. Cool. 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 All right. Content. Yeah. Now you're like all the Super Smash players are like, I get it. Okay, so I looked up some of the the lyrics to the songs, and uh, here's the deal: I don't know that there's ever been a halftime show or a concert or anything like that for any like well-known musician that doesn't have like content like that. And here's here's I guess my point in all that is that sometimes when well, I'm talking about like secular artists, um, I don't I think we ought to be careful about. Uh, what we're letting seep into our minds, because um, I will say this: this is the thing that I think made me want to talk about it was this kind of like inside the church, outside the church difference, and what's appropriate. Um, because there's there's just this is just my guess that we're going to movies and we're watching shows and we're doing all that kind of stuff that like features some of the things that they're talking, but we never question it because we're not around the other Christians, right? And so it's like, well no one's watching me, so it's okay, or whatever, or this isn't bothering me, right? I'm just listening to the beat. I'm not listening to the lyrics. And some of the lyrics are, quite honestly, you know, they involve some stuff that's not just probably sinful for you, definitely sinful for you, but also like illegal um, if you were to partake in the activities. Now, let me show you one more image. Um, Sam Smith at the Grammys. Um, has anyone has anyone like, I have no idea what you're about to say. I've, I, this is the first time I've seen this image. Okay, so that's okay if you don't watch the Grammys. This, this, this is bigger than the Grammys at this point. So Sam Smith, I'm sure a lot of you listen to pop music, are aware. Um, so this got a lot of attention because while he's also wearing a red outfit, he's, he's got uh, horns going on. And, um, and so there was a lot of people calling this like a satanic kind of uh, performance. Or, you know, I think ritual is a funny word to use. Um, we don't have time for questions or anything right now. But um, here's, here's what I'm, I'm finding in, in, different, um, in different moments in pop culture, what, what we're seeing. And again, hear me clearly. I wasn't shocked by any of this. In fact, I saw the picture. I was like, yep, sounds about Right. And then I saw Rihanna, and I was like, I'm pleasantly surprised that there's not just a ton of skin showing, right? Because it seems like anymore, that's all you see on TV. And we've kind of become desensitized to it. Um, So I see moments like this where we're kind of glorifying the enemy. And I think what I'm seeing, if you can just uh, like pause all the side conversation for now, just so you can hear this next sentence that I'm about to say. We as a church... Back row, pay attention here because i don 't want you to miss it a bell i 'm talking to you thank you um, i don 't want you to miss it that, that I, I do feel like the church at large in America is celebrating these kinds of things, not realizing maybe that we 're accepting something that the enemy is like he's he is winning the battle in our hearts and our minds and our souls in a very practical way, because while we may have decided to follow Jesus and gone to church on Sunday or Wednesday, like throughout the rest of the week, we're filling our minds with this stuff that's quite honestly like anti the things of God. And uh, so I have concern. And so that's why I wanted to talk about it. Now, hear me, hear me, hear me. Why are we showing that in church then? Because I'm just of the opinion that um, if we shield your eyes from what you're eventually going to see anyway, I'm not saying we bring the elementary school kids down here and show them everything, but y'all are at a place in time, not where like I trust you because you're responsible young adults. You are not yet. Like, love you, you're not. But we got to start having conversations about stuff like this because you're going to have to make decisions about stuff in your own minds. So if you're, you know, like viewing this stuff over and over and over again, I do think it desensitizes us to the fact that the enemy is is such in control over all of these things. Now, the music sounds great. The beat's great, right? It's fun to listen to in the car. But I want to make sure, just like I did in like the, the, the Me, Myself and iPhone series, I'm like, I'm not against social media. I am not the kind of guy who only listens to Christian music, but I'll tell you what: I, I don't appreciate music that glorifies the things that the enemy uh, glorifies. I just don't. I just don't. And so I think it's I think it's a time for us to start having some of those conversations, filtering things that are coming at us. Now, let me show you actually one more one more picture. And this, I'm going to guess, most of you haven't seen this week. Okay, so. This picture, there's actually a couple different pictures. Could you show the next one, actually? Um, So any strange chance that you guys have seen this picture this week, the last seven days? You have, Keegan? No, 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 no. This is Michigan State. Is that what you're talking about? That was a a shooting at Michigan State? No. This is a uh, Christian university in Wilmore, Kentucky called Asbury University. There's a uni- there's a college and then there's a seminary where like you would like your seminary is where you get graduate level biblical training, okay? So, what you're seeing here is a picture of I don't know when this was taken. It was taken sometime between last Wednesday and today. And here's how I know that. Because on Wednesday last week, they had, like they do, I think every weekday, they have a chapel service. When Christy and I went to Liberty University, we had a chapel service Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Just a quick look at their website, it looked like they have one almost every day of the week, Monday through Friday. I, I can't say that's for true, but they had one on Wednesday. And they got done with their chapel, and then a, a few of them just kind of hanged back and said, we want to keep going. Is it okay if we just kind of keep Going? Can we? So it would be like if we got done with Fuse. I'm looking at the timer. We have 30 minutes left. You guys are going to go home, probably finish some homework, go to bed. You're gonna go to go Everyone's got their plans for what's next. But something about what happened in this very room in Wilmore, I think it's Wilmore. I, I might be getting that name wrong. But um, Asbury University, um, a couple of them were like, hey, can we just kind of stay? And so they stayed. And chapel ended, and this kind of like Prayer and worship service just kind of kept going. And it hasn't stopped 24-7 for seven days in a row. To my knowledge, they are still in this room. Now, hear me. I don't know the details. Some of you are like, have they not slept? No, so they're leaving. They're coming back. People are bringing in food. People are coming and worshiping in this room, this service hasn't ended. They're swapping out guitar players. I don't know, Abra, if you're interested in like playing keys for seven days straight, but your fingers might fall off. You know, so they've got like, hey, so we better get another keys player in here and swap out. Some Melanie's going to go like hoarse if she keeps singing, so we need some other singers to come in here. And you know what's nuts about this? This is going to give me chills when I tell you this. This is not being led by any like high profile pastors, celebrities, anything like that. In fact, what I've heard is that there's these high profile like people that you've heard on like maybe KSBJ or like in your Christian music or stuff like that, if that's what you listen to, I've heard they're calling and say like, hey, how can we help? We want to help lead. And they're like, no, no, no. The students are leading. We're okay. You can come and be a part of it if you want, but we're not gonna come bring some celebrity up to they're not co-opting any of this. The students are leading this. And there's this word revival. Anyone ever heard the word revival before? So the word revival is a word that's used to describe a lot of different things in Christianity. But in a very particular way, what's happening is a a revival is a time where a bunch of people that might have walked into a room kind of like you ever feel kind of stale in your Christian walk? You kind of feel like, oh, I don't know. I had someone tell me yesterday in a conversation. He's like, I feel like I'm just going through the motions. I don't know. I just kind of feel like cold and I feel like I'm not on fire. And I, I, just, don't, I just don't know that I'm doing anything with purpose or whatever. And then you leave a worship service, which is kind of like this. Wow, God is amazing. And I want to like go and spend time with him. You ever felt that before? That's like a sense of revival. But then there's this time where like it kind of happens corporately. I remember a specific night at Rush Week this last summer where it felt like that was happening in a very big way right? It felt like people were falling on their faces, worshiping. People were giving their lives to Jesus. And that's the stuff that we want. And listen, and that's just when the Spirit chooses to move. There's nothing that I can say. There's no songs that the band can lead. And I'm talking all the way from me to Pastor Malcolm to Pastor Greg at The Loop. Like, there's nothing that we can do to manufacture that. Sometimes God just moves. And there's something happening in this room I've been paying very close attention to. I got to be honest. Like, I am shook by the fact that this is happening, and there's a part of me that's like, so why not us? Or why not? What, what, what is stopping us from going after that in a big way? And what's interesting is I was reading a book, uh, actually about revival this week, just because it's a book that I've read before, but I was pulling it back off the shelf just to kind of like, man, what, what am I missing? Like, what are we missing or whatever? And uh, one of the things that the author says over and over and over again, is uh, it's, it's prayer. It's prayer. We have said that we're too busy and we're bored with prayer meetings. We are not interested in what he would call closet prayer. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? This last couple of weeks, we said, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. That's Matthew 6. And it's all kind of come together for me on what what prayer does. When there's a group of people that really want to like submit to the Lord. Now, I think you've got to wrestle with before I get into the actual part of the message that I want to talk about tonight. um, Because sometimes the Lord just kind of puts all this stuff together and there's kind of a direction the message is going. Then this happens in the current events. And then I'm looking at like Rihanna and Sam Smith. And I'm like, you know what? There is a battle going on for our hearts and our souls. And I'm seeing these two things happening in our nation at the exact same time. And I don't know if you're maybe maybe you're a guest tonight and you're like, what on earth? Is this what every Wednesday night is like? I feel a little different tonight because I'm just kind of set on fire, like asking the Lord to honestly like break all of our hearts. My heart, your heart, like for the things of the Lord. And I think sometimes we, we look at pictures like this and we're like, I don't know that I want that because that sounds boring to just stay in there and to pray and to sing songs. And here's why I just kind of want to maybe offer a gentle warning. If Jesus isn't all-consuming in your life, then I want to tell you my, my beg and my plea is that you would make him the king of your life. Make sure that he is sitting on the throne of your heart in such a way that like full submission to him, being involved in a service like this, would light you up and not put you to sleep. Because when all this is over, when all this is over, I'm, I'm even thinking of the, um, that this is not going to be on the screen. Isaiah chapter 6. Let's see if I can get there. This is Isaiah's vision of of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And some of you are like, weird animals. I get it. keep, Keep listening. And they kept calling to one another, But if you're watching, they're like hiding themselves because they're in the presence of the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That is what they're doing. They're doing it right now. They were doing it yesterday and they're going to do it tomorrow. That is what they're doing because they are in the presence of the almighty God and their only response is like, oh my gosh. Because we get so enamored with like, oh, these new shoes are coming out. Oh, this movie shows. Oh, my friends, we're going to do this thing. Oh, this college I'm going to go to. Oh, my girlfriend, my boyfriend. We get enamored with all this stuff. We get distracted until we get to this point where like these, these angels are like, oh my gosh. And they like see clearly the nature of what all of this is for, which is just to like give glory to God. That's why you're a maid. That's why you're here. Right? If you if you had the miracle opportunity of being born on this planet, as ugly as this planet is, with all the weird stuff that's happening in current events, wars, right? Chemical spills, weird stuff getting shot out of the, the sky. And God is saying, Don't get distracted, right? Because holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then Isaiah's response, right? He said, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. He saw like himself in view of like a holy God. And he's like, oh, he was immediately broken. And that's what I can't help but think. Because I don't feel very broken most days. You know what I mean by broken? I mean like seeing myself in the light of who God created me to be. But how I've kind of traded all of that for like, what I can gain in my kingdom here on earth. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And so what I want, what I want us to focus on tonight is just this idea of uh, prayer. We're going to spend one more night talking about prayer. I've kind of thought about taking one more week to talk about one more aspect of prayer. I I don't know. I'm just going to try to let the Lord lead on that one. But, um, We've been talking about prayer for a couple weeks. So just to kind of catch you up, just to talk about maybe how to grow in this aspect of prayer, we're going to end the night kind of practicing praying again, like we've been doing. Um, But there's these um, three things that we learned. Okay. Uh, That when Jesus was saying, pray then in this way, which is these three steps first to declare God's greatness. So you remember that we first start off with say, our father who art in heaven, Like, holy be your name, right? Hallowed, that word holy, separate, holy, perfect, pure, be your name. And then we surrender our wills. The second step, your kingdom come, your will be done. Could you actually offer that prayer? Your kingdom, not mine. I want what you want. And then that you acknowledge your dependency. That's the third step. Three steps, right? We declare God's greatness. We surrender our will. And then we acknowledge, right? We just we're, we're able to ask, we're able to request. Sometimes we just rush in. dear God, well, I need this, right? I need help on this test. Oh God, I need your help. Oh, I'm stressed out. I'm I'm anxious, and we rush to ask for stuff, right? So there's these three steps that Jesus has given us in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter six. In Luke chapter eleven, we have the like the exact same picture. Um, of this story, but Jesus adds another little parable to it that I think is really interesting, okay? So it's going to be Luke chapter 11. We're just going to read verses 5 through 13, Um, and and so here's where it's going to start off. He said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves? And remember, this is like a high hospitality culture, so like if someone knocks on your door at midnight, you are getting up out of respect for your neighbor and you're offering them whatever they need. That's just kind of the way it works. Knock on my door at midnight or anyone in Texas, you know, there's likely going to be a gun on the other side of that door, right? If you knock on me, that's just Texas. This is a different time. This is a different place. We're very hospitable. So if you knock on someone's door, friend, let me three three loaves, a friend of mine has arrived on the journey. I have nothing to set before him, right? I've got to fix, fix dinner. And he will answer uh, from within, do not bother me. This would have been crazy to this audience. They'd be like, oh, I would never do that. I would never, that would be so rude of me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot give up and give you anything. He's like, essentially like, would you ever do that? And then verse eight, he continues. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, so because of his friend, yet because of his impudence, that word, I guarantee you didn't use that word this week. Impudence. It's even kind of a gross word. Impudence, right? Here's what it means. Persistence and shamelessness. And like, man, I don't even care if I'm waking you up. I've got to get some bread because I've got someone that showed up in my house. Like because of his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And he continues. And I tell you, Ask, he's talking about prayer right now. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent or a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. That doesn't sound like any father that you know of. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? That's the end of our passage. Here's what I find interesting. First of all, there's just kind of this like fictional story called a parable. A parable means it didn't really happen, but there's this one little spiritual nugget that you're supposed to take from it. In parables, you don't necessarily have to say like, well, is God the grouchy neighbor? Is that Where some of you are like, did God just call himself like, no! But if you bother God enough, he'll open and give you bread? Is that what Jesus is saying? And God's just like, get off my lawn. That's not what Jesus is saying. Here's what he is saying. If we can go back uh, to, let's see, let me get my notes here. Verse 9, he, he's just trying to tell you this. Ask and it will be given to you. Because he's saying like if there's, if there's a human here who tends to be grouchy, we all have our moments where we're hungry or we're tired or we're stressed out. So we respond to someone in anger or in stress or, or whatever. Uh, but God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. So he's saying, um, I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. And then if you can go to verse 13 again. If you then, who are evil, know, to how, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? I love this because there's two there's two kinds of things happening here. There's this sense in which we are reminded that Actually, the most important gift that God could give you is the Holy Spirit. Right? Who who receives the Holy Spirit? Everyone? Someone's gotta know this. Why would someone receive the Holy Spirit? Yeah. They have expressed faith in Jesus. They've said, I'm a sinner, I need a savior. And I need Jesus to come in and save me. At that moment, the Holy Spirit comes in. And to, that is the best gift. I think sometimes we rush over the most important gift. And we see that. We see, it well, ah, okay, so thank you for my like, salvation and all that. But also, I just kind of need some stuff. Right? I just kind of need some stuff. this is really the most important stuff. I need to get a, great, a good grade on my test. You know, I need all that kind of stuff. So, so we don't want to rush past that. But here's what God is saying. Should we keep praying? Should we keep praying? Should we be persistent? Should we be shameless in asking over and over again? Because I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I pray and I don't don't feel like I get an answer. Anyone ever feel like that? Yeah. Yeah. There's sometimes that I pray and I get an answer I don't want. Sometimes I pray and I'm saying, God, would you heal this person? And then they still pass away. Sometimes I pray, and I'm like, God, I need you to help in this situation, and it still goes bad. And you're like, man, what is happening? And I think what's interesting is that Paul's going to say this. Very simple. This is a verse that anyone in here could could memorize. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. What does Paul say? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, what does this mean to me? Am I praying right now? No. So am I breaking like this command from Paul? I'm not praying. I'm supposed to walk around literally 24 seven praying. No, that's not practical. What do you think Paul's saying here? What would a lifestyle of prayer without ceasing look like? Anyone know someone in here who has like a lifestyle of prayer? Maybe a maybe a parent or a grandparent or a pastor or someone like that that you are just like, man, they're always praying. They're always lifting things up in prayer. Yeah. There's this, there's this sense in which the people that are the most dependent on God and understand that they're not going to get everything he asks for, right, or that they ask for, that they still, they still continue praying. Wouldn't you think that they would get tired of it or maybe that they would even get disillusioned with the fact that, like, God doesn't answer their prayer? Why do you think they keep praying? What have we been talking about this last couple weeks? Why would Jesus say, pray then in this way, right? Don't be like the hypocrites because they want to stand out in the street corners and be heard for their many words. They have their reward. But if you want the real reward from the Father, who's, your father who sees in secret, you go into your room and you pray. That's what I'm reading in this book on revival. It's like, man, if we just prioritized like... In your room prayer, like daily, like set time, set place. I have an appointment with God and I'm going to spend time with him. We sacrifice that. And we don't have like actual relationship with God. Could you imagine if I said, there's Christy, my wife. Yep, I married her, right? She lives in my house. But what if you asked her and she said, he never talks to me. Happy marriage. This is great. This is a... That's not even a relationship, is it? That's just a contract. It's like we have a marriage license, but then I I don't see her. I don't talk to her. I don't hang out with her. I don't ask her how her day was. That's not a relationship. And somehow that's crazy to you to think of a marriage like that that would be healthy. But when we think of our relationship with God... It's like, I don't know, I don't really do prayer. I don't really, I don't really get it, it's not my thing, so I'm just gonna like not do it. Or, well, yeah, I pray and God doesn't give me what I ask for. Do you know how thankful that you should be that God doesn't give you what you ask for? Anyone have those like funny prayers as a child where you're like, I just want, I want a million dollars just stacked up in my bedroom when I wake up? I am dead serious, prayed that prayer as a kid, prayed it, didn't come to pass. You know what happens to children who receive millions of dollars at a very early age? It's never good. It is never good. Do you know what would happen if you like, if God just answered all your prayers? You're like, yeah, I just want to be able to just be king of the world or whatever. Like, you like, you would go nuts if God answered all of your prayers, And somehow that's funny to us, but in our real life right now. So I'll tell you, like, at my stage of life, sometimes I get frustrated. God doesn't answer my prayers. And I think God has a bigger plan. God sees all and knows all. And so we put our trust in him. I'd love to have the band come on up. And uh, I just want to close with this, this quote. I was reading this. Should we keep praying? Yeah, we pray without ceasing. This guy named Warren Weersby said, persistence in prayer is not an attempt to change God's mind, but to get ourselves to the place where he can trust us with the answer. And that for me helps so much. Because if God's going to tell you no, are you willing to trust that God knows better than you? God, will you help me? This is a very serious issue in my life. And he's like, no. I mean, help you? Yes. Be with you? I promise to never leave you or forsake you. I've given you the Holy Spirit 24-7. You have access to me in prayer? Absolutely. I'm not leaving. I'm not walking away. I'm not abandoning you. Am I going to fix everything for you? No. That fits in with that good parent situation. You know what happens to kids whose parents fix everything for them until they turn 18? Do you know what happens to those, like, 19-year-olds? It's, 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 not, it's not good. There's no independence. There's no sense of discipline. There's no sp- sense of groundedness. You get out, and you're like, um, I don't know how to, like, figure life out. Like, a good parent is going to, like, gently, like, invite you to do some things on your own. We said this a couple weeks, right? You need to learn how to do your laundry because you're going to go to college one day and you're like, "Uh, I have all these stinky clothes and i don't have a clue how to get them to not stink anymore. Right? And God's given you this like, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. I think the goal of prayer, honestly, is just to fix our hearts on him and to get us to a place where we're just like, you know what, God, it's whatever you want. Your will be done. It would be a special miracle for God to move in some of our hearts so much that we could honestly say, not my will be done, but your will. So just like we've done all three weeks of this series, I want to end with uh, some corporate prayer. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you to stand right now. And um, if you are willing to take this moment seriously, I want you to come and, and find some space at the altar, and we're going to just take some moments for prayer, just together. Remember, this is a this is a special moment. You're not required to do this, and just with your eyes closed so you can focus, not paying attention to anyone around you. I want you to think about what would happen if you had that vision that Isaiah had of God. I want you to picture yourself in the throne room. And there you see God on his throne who has always been in control. He's always been in charge. He's never abandoned us. In times where we felt empty, he didn't walk away from us, we likely walked away from him. Stories all throughout the Bible describe this rescuer, Right, sends his son to pay the price of our sin on the cross. And I just want you to pray in your own words to that God, Jesus, the King of Kings, just in your own voice, in your own words, in your own heart. some students are praying for like the first time and praying is weird and it's awkward and we don't know what to say. And I think that one of the things that these students need to hear, maybe that you would just comfort them in this moment right now, that you're not in the business of just requiring professional prayers. But Lord, the heart of a genuine, the prayer of a genuine uh, heart tonight brings a smile to your face. Your children calling out to you. To declare your greatness to surrender their will and to bring their request to you. Heavenly Father, I pray that this is a picture of, of the beginning of a spiritual journey in so many of these students' lives or a continuation, But but some that would say, you know what? No, 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 no. I need to focus on this. I go to my room. I shut the door. And I pray to my father who's in secret. Lord, would you bless these students? Would you bless them with your special activity in their life by which you get to introduce yourself to them, by which they get to know you, by which they learn about you through your word and by which they by which they see you move in a special way to where they would say, I've never I've never seen God move like that. There must be something to this Jesus thing. Lord, we just lift you up. We exalt your name tonight. And thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can return to your seats quietly.